0: So what's up everybody? This is Nia. This is gonna be another episode of the Black Girl Soft Life Podcast. Today I have a very dear friend of mine, DJ Kid McFly, joining us. What is up? Hey
1: hey, hey, nothing much. Again, just thanks for having me, of course. Um, happy to be here and great to you know rap with you. It's been a while. So yeah, I like to catch up on, I'm sure.
0: Okay, so tell the people a little about yourself.
1: Um, hmm. <laughs> so let's tell you. Know, you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um no just uh you know young man um you know enjoy life trying to be the best person he can be all while you know living his passion of music and DJing and um you know just trying to be inspiration to others to be passionate about something in their lives and you know excel at it.
0: Working hard too. Don't don't leave that out cuz you definitely Absolutely. Hard. Always
1: always working hard.
0: So we're gonna start off with a very generic question. So of course, mm-hmm. what made you want to become a DJ? Uh
1: I was broke. <laughs> I was broke in um college, but I didn't start there like, oh, I'm broke. I'm gonna decide to DJ type of thing. Um DJing was always uh a a a, a passion of mine that I wanted to do um growing up, you know, in the early nineties, like hip hop was building up and you know, starting to become more part of, like, you know, culture. Um, And for me, you would see it in movies and TV shows, like, there would just always be a DJ, and, you know, there would always be, like, the wiki-wiki sound associated with hip-hop for whatever reason. I don't know why, but that always just what people associated it with. Um, but for me, I just always liked the sound of it and how it complemented, you know, just hip hop. Um, and I like the showmanship of it, the technicality of it, the, the experience that it takes to be really good at it, as far as like knowing the background of music, um, you know, understanding how sounds layer, like it's so many different, you know, elements to it that I just always was, you know, attracted to. Um, And I also just needed to find something I could be good at that I thought I didn't need to be incredibly physically gifted to do, you know, everybody wanted to play football, play basketball or baseball. And me being, you know, vertically challenged at the knees. Um, I had to find something that I could really um delve into, you know, and essentially could also be a career, a career pathway. Um, but of course growing up, you know, my parents wasn't having that. You know, they didn't want me to be all in a DJ and they're like, hey, you have too much potential academically, you know, you need to focus on these books. And smart- so the yeah, so there was a large part of my life where I really didn't even have, like, rap a part of my life. Um, primarily, my mom would listen to R&B and gospel. Um, so, large part of rap was gone. So, when I really started to listen to hip-hop, like, on my own, like, freely, um, when I got to high school, there was a lot of music, like, I had to catch up on in a very short amount of time. Mm-hmm. Um But fast forward to college, you know, I was on. um, I went to Kentucky State University. I was on an academic scholarship, Um, and my parents would give me forty dollars every two weeks. Well, if you're a college student, that ain't gonna last. You was was living off the noodles, wasn't you, man? But that's what it was. It was like they gave me a ton of noodles. I had like Easy Mac and fruit cups and stuff, like you know, and. Primarily, a lot of my friends were upperclassmen. So they would be, you know, living off campus, going to Applebee's, grocery shopping at Walmart, and, right. you know, what I mean, just doing a lot of things. And for me, it was just like, I got real tired of the calf very, very quickly. And so I was just like, well, this $40 is not going to be enough. So I started sneaking and taking money out of my savings account that my parents, you know, uh managed for me. Eventually, it was like one day my dad went to look. He was like, why is all this mo- like, it's money missing out of here, and then he saw, and they kind of, you know, got mad at me, and basically was like, you know, I didn't send you to school to be no DJ because I told him about me DJing and stuff, and how I was taking money to help like start that up, uh, and basically he was like, all right, well, you know what, I'm gonna give you this money. Don't ask me for nothing else. This better work out for you.
0: Yeah, that's the black. He gave
1: me three hundred dollars to buy my first setup, um, and. 15 years later as of next wednesday the rest is history
0: and 15 years that's a long time
1: 15 years indeed
0: and we don't want you to discredit djing is an art at least to me i think it is i think it takes a lot oh yeah dj so just because you was challenged at the knees you still (laughs) you this is still an art form that you you are you know you do it
1: yeah, I mean, I honestly think DJing is just like anybody playing an instrument, you know, a, a turntable in itself and blending and mixing and, you know, curating a vibe in a sense is the same way, uh, you know, a, a violin player or a cello player or, you know, a bass guitar, or, you know, somebody that plays a harp. Um, You know, anybody that has played an instrument understands what it means to be passionate about the device that you know the instrument that you play and that that's kind of what DJing is for me because of, you can do so many different things with it
0: yeah so a little background on me and you so I think the first time I met you I was working for Warner Music at the time as like a mm-hmm. campus ambassador I
1: still um, have the bag
0: yep and I came to your event and I'll never forget my friend had got like super drunk at your event and the the security had to carry her out so just honing in off of that, what was like, though, let's start off with the worst. What was like one of the worst DJing events that you did and why?
1: Um. Okay, you so to, when, you don't
0: have to say the name. You could just, you know. <laughs> so when you
1: say worst, so is it worse based upon the overall event? Like I hated doing the event or something happened? that I caused or did like give me because I can give you plenty of bad stories. (laughs) Um but let's not make it your fault. Let's make it somebody else's
0: fault. So worst event on somebody else's end. Um so
1: it was a artist showcase event. Okay. And this is typically why I don't do artist showcase events anymore. Um this was still in the era of oh i'm gonna bring my cd oh okay (laughs) yeah so this is how long ago it is but this was in the era of cds and what happens is is um i would be like hey can you bring it on the flash drive bring it on flash drive bring it on flash drive large part of the industry and artists hadn't caught up to the digital age of things so they like they were burning cds and was like yo i'm gonna hand out my promo cd promo cd promo cd so when it came to artist excuse me artist showcases they were bringing their tracks from the studio on a cd and unfortunately what ended up happening is is that my macbook um which i still have uh my macbook wasn't reading these CDs because they were downloading the files off of Windows Media Player. Mm -hmm. And so when you burn it on that, it doesn't burn it in the right format for you to play those on a Mac computer. And long story short, the artist got really heated at me, like it was my fault. After I had explained to the person throwing the event, tell all the artists to bring a flash drive. Tell all the artists, bring a flash drive, bring a flash drive, bring a flash drive, flash drive, excuse me. And for whatever reason, this artist just, either they didn't get told, which I didn't think that was the case because it was other people that brought flash drives, right. or they just was like, yeah, no, nah, I'm going to do this my way. And he got mad and threw a fit and wanted to fight security had to beat him yeah security had to yeah security had to basically like manhandle him and throw him out of the event
0: lord okay yeah. so on a, on a better note what is like what's what's been a recent event that you had that you walked away from and you was like you know like this is why i love djing
1: um Uh-oh. man um and and I don't want to say that I got to think about it hard only because like a lot of times, and this is something I've been working on for me is that I don't realize I'm doing a good job at times because. I think we're so conditioned to expect people to be like, you know, like bursting with excitement and energy. And, you know, a lot of the spaces that you may work in may not get that reaction. Um, OK, I do got one. All right. So I was doing Debo's um, two weeks ago, two two Sundays ago, uh, and I was doing brunch. You know, it was kind of real cool, real chill. I was just kind of playing the joints, you know, didn't seem like really anybody was paying attention to me. So, you know, I kind of just figured, hey, I'll just play, you know, some deep cuts and, or, you know, some B-sides and, you know, just play a little bit of everything. And, you know, that was it. And it was this dude that was sitting at the bar who was kind of like right next to me. Um, You know, he was there the whole time. Like I saw when he came in, he sat down, and him, him him, and his, his buddy, they were, you know, just kind of eating and chilling, drinking. And then as he gets up, maybe, you know, he had probably been there for like an hour plus. As he's leaving, he gets up, comes and daps me up. He was like, hey man, keep rocking that and gave me $10. Like, I'm like... Bruh, this whole time you've been sitting here, I ain't got a head nod, I ain't got a a look back like like you know what I mean, give me some kind of indication like that you rocking with what I'm doing, and he didn't do nothing the whole time, but when that happened as he was getting on, I was like, all right, cool, like those little small subtle reminders that you know let me know all right cool i'm I'm doing good, you know uh, what I do, and just to keep going, so that's that's you know probably the most recent
0: okay so where can so where can somebody find you like on a weekly basis on, social? on a social on a weekly basis like if they want to come out and
1: see you in person where can um they find you? so on socials of course i am Kim mcfly on everything twitter Graham, tiktok which i need to start doing tiktoks i, w- I want to like really get Talks the about content that. up yeah that. yeah i need to get my tiktok going um where else am i at uh youtube you can search i am kimmy fly on youtube you'll see you know some quarantine mixes i did and stuff um but that's just from the social media standpoint as far as like residencies um i typically am at the breakman on the first friday of every month um won't be there for september because that's labor day weekend i won't be there that friday i'm i got plans um but normally I'm there uh, on first Fridays, uh, the first Sunday of each month, I'm at Debo's. The last Saturday of each month, I'm at Debo's and I, I'm i pretty much on a rotation I'm at District 78 on Sundays uh, with my man DJ Ray, um, the Detroit Lions official DJ as my guy. Um, which I'll be there this Sunday coming up. But yeah, pretty much rotating there. I'm um, just checking in with me on the gram. I'm usually posting where I'm at, you know, upcoming dates and things like that.
0: Okay, so for our episode, we're going to jump into sobriety. So I have been seeing you post a lot on your social media, how you X amount of days, X amount of days, X amount of days. So today, mm-hmm. what, what day are we at?
1: Uh, Today, and actually I need to probably do my check-in. I would be at day 57 i believe is today yeah today's day 57
0: okay and i'm assuming i'm assuming you're being sober from drinking right
1: yeah i mean any really anything um the only thing i've done is i mean who but um aside from that i don't even do you ain't never smoked a little weed no, I have done weed before, but weed not really my thing. I don't like the <laughs> the outer the 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 lack of control weed okay. issue sure. is a little bit of a fear for me. Um, not to say I'm a control freak, but it's more so like, hey, I don't know if I'm in complete control of my body and where I'm at and my mind. That's a little bit a lot to deal with. Like if I was to ever smoke. Way down the road, it would have to be like, hey, I don't have anything to do today or tomorrow or even probably the next day. Um, Yeah, because this other thing too is like weed, not even just weed anymore. Like people are trying to which I feel is is low key folks is becoming addicts and they don't even realize it. People are doing so many more things with weed trying to get the next high, the biggest high and high and higher and higher. And it's just like, what happened to just enjoying weed as is, you know? Like, um, and when you look at weed, you can't tell the potency. Like at least with liquor, I can monitor it if I want to keep going with the liquor. If you, with weed, some somebody one blunt is not the same as somebody else's one blunt sure. so that kind of dynamic is of the unknown is kind of why i've never That's really. It. <laughs> yeah weed is too much um and like and again as far as alcohol at least i can look at that and kind of gauge it and monitor it and control it okay
0: so what made you want to you know just be sober just what
1: what what was the cause for you to just be like yeah i'm done with that so as far as the sobriety too, and I do want to make sure I'm clarifying it, it's it's not necessarily like I'm just done with liquor forever. Like maybe next year or the following year, maybe I'll come back to it. Um, but the key thing for me is that I deal with um anxiety um and depression um at times. And, you know, I'm not on medication or anything. I just, you know, hey. Black man, I got a lot going on right now, you know. (laughs) Um, So for me, I, you know, in doing my therapy, um, you know, working with my therapist, I have been trying to find um, better coping mechanisms and and solution techniques for dealing with depression and anxiety. Um, Because I don't want to go the route of, you know, taking like medicine, you know, pills and stuff to deal with it. but I'm just trying to find better ways for me to deal with things other than when I'm stressed out or frustrated. Um, oh man, let me just pour up a glass of wine or man, I can use a drink or, you know, type of thing. Um, and then also from a social standpoint, like I found that in order for me to engage with people or a lot of the spaces where I always socialize with people came when I was drinking. There weren't any other options for me to just kind of hang out with people. Like, mm-hmm. hey, let's go get food or whatever. And it's just like, all right, but we drinking. Uh, oh, it's a kickback. Oh, but we drinking. You know, <laughs> oh, hey, we going out to turn up. We drinking. Like, there's so many different scenarios where liquor was involved compared to scenarios where liquor wasn't involved. And so when you add that, combined with my, you know, dealings with stress and anxiety and depression is a bad combo. And you also start to get a high tolerance for alcohol so then you're ingesting more and more alcohol because in the same way people will weed you have a high tolerance and now you're trying to consume to the point to where you can actually get a you know you feel drunk or whatever um and the unfortunate part for me is because of drinking i developed a high tolerance and a large time a large portion of you call it the drunkness or you know even the buzz or whatever would come long after I'm done DJing where I'm at home and in the bed and you wake up the next morning because the body your body is kind of metabolized all that alcohol and you just feel awful not even like a hangover hangover but you can just feel your body physically weak and groggy and over time even with all the water I was drinking which actually I got me a nice big jug right here. Um, even with all the water that I was drinking, it still wasn't giving me the healing that I really needed. Um, and so at this time of sobriety, again, I'm trying to look at myself, figure out what my the root of my problems are that are causing you know me to have so many issues with stress and, and anxiety and depression, and then figure out how can I get around that. Um, Once I'm able to deal with that, then I'm able to kind of compartmentalize how I deal with those scenarios um, and my relationship with alcohol. Um, Also, too, because, you know, I found from my dad that the men in my family, um, there's actually a history of them having alcohol problems. So for me also, too, I want to break that cycle and really find, you know, the best way for me to move forward. Um, Is that to say, again, I won't ever touch alcohol again? You know, who knows? You know, maybe I might. Maybe I like the streak, you know, Mm -hmm. or whatever you want to call it. But ultimately, I still just want to make sure that I get to a point to where I feel good about me. My wellness is intact. My liver is intact. Because that's the other thing, too, is like people don't understand the health aspect of just drinking every weekend and not even just having like one drink, but people be getting fried, (laughs) fried, like indubitably fried. And I just be concerned, like, man, like I ain't trying to judge, but yo, that is going to catch up to you. And to be honest, you see it in a lot of people, you know, with this nightlife culture, like physically, they don't look good like they look older and just yeah look bad so all of that I say all of that to say um I'm just on a journey of wellness trying to become a better version of me yeah and it's so funny that you so I
0: literally had my first therapy session today um That's what's up. congratulations thank you and it was I felt like I was doing a lot of self-diagnosing and I was like let me just talk to the lady professional yeah let me talk to this lady so my text messages like i talked to that lady today (laughs) like you know so um i had kind of realized even before uh doing therapy or thinking about going to therapy that i was using liquor as a coping mechanism um like you said i'm having a bad day or person i'm dating and got on my nerves or i didn't got into it with somebody and so i'd be like oh like let's just go out and let's get some drinks Mm -hmm. um and like you said, I just, I felt like over time, my tolerance was coming was was way too high. And then like, mm-hmm. I would stop drinking for a while and I would drink. And then, you know, like once you stop drinking for a while and you start drinking again, your tolerance level is back down. And me not really thinking about that when I'm out drinking with my friends, I'm drinking like I usually do.
1: Mm-hmm, do
0: yeah. Now I'm blasted. Um, I didn't blacked out and stuff like that. And I just, I didn't like kind of waking up the next day and people telling you you didn't did something and you like what you like what i did what like uh uh no i didn't i wouldn't do nothing like that or you didn't call somebody a whole bunch of times so i was like i'm just trying to take that because i really do feel like sometimes when you're drunk you're a completely different person Mm -hmm. a completely different person and i always hated the saying they would when people used to say like a drunk mind speaks to sober Sober thoughts i'm like dude no like (laughs) because that person is when I'm drunk and when I'm sober are two different people like I would have never mm-hmm. thought that said that or anything if I was sober and talking to you mm-hmm. so I haven't like completely stopped drinking but I am only down drinking like on special occasions instead of yeah. like kind of like oh something pissed me off let's go get some drinks or if one of my friends is mad and they like let's get some drinks or let's go out to eat hey I'm not drinking today like you can do whatever you want to do um, but I won't be grabbing no drinks, but I have no problem getting something to eat to eat with you. So, like, I'm only yes. now if we're on vacation, it's a wedding or something. We're going out for
1: a special occasion. Right, because you also, and think about how you said it. You had conditioned yourself to whenever you dealt with something stressful or traumatic or frustrating, I'm going to drink. No matter what, I'm going to drink. I'm going to drink. I'm going to drink. Oh, let me just go drink. Let me go drink. Let me go drink. And that can't be always be a solution. You know, okay, hey, maybe I can go journal. Maybe I can do some yoga. Go to my therapist. Uh some okay. people, you know, they go exercise. They go, you know, hell. Even if you want to go to a uh what's the name room, the you, you know smash rooms about. You yeah, just, go to a smash, smash room. Do one of those. Find find other ways to release what it is that you're dealing with so that you can let it go because also too what people don't realize is that when you drink it actually digs you in a deeper hole because you get more vulnerable and your mind wanders so then you get more emotional and sensitive and then you start to maybe put stuff there That wasn't even there. You maybe start blaming yourself for certain things. You think about things that's so long and old and done and over with. Like, dang, why didn't this happen? And man, I should have did this and that. And now you feel like you a failure because you didn't win that spelling bee championship in seventh (laughs) grade. And you wondering what? Like, it's just that's how alcohol can really affect us. And again, for me. I would have those types of thoughts whenever I would feel sad and, and drink. You know, I would feel like, hey, well, alcohol is numbing. You know, uh, I, ah, uh, man, this will come for me. This will get me through. It even at one point, I remember, um, you guess call it during quarantine where everybody was drinking a lot during that time. You would damn near have to drink. Sometimes I would have to drink to go to sleep. Mm -hmm. Because I would be up all night, like would wake up at seven, eight o'clock at night and not go to sleep until eight in the morning, nine in the morning and be up drinking and finally have to crash out just so you can sleep. Um, And there's people that live like that, like in order, they have such an alcohol abuse problem that they have to drink in order to sleep. Same way people got to smoke to eat to sleep you know oh before I do anything I gotta smoke like when you get to that point it's time to take a step back and figure out okay what is the real problem here what is the deeper issue that I need to resolve to really get over the hump because I'm going in the wrong direction
0: so So i guess like my main question for you was i mean being a dj being a dj being out at these clubs and these Mm -hmm. bars and things like that like how and you know people send drinks to the dj hey send a shot to the dj or whatever how do you
1: navigate that when you're out um so it has actually been very easy um because typically uh when i'm working i i well not anymore at least like when i was working last summer um i was at floods. <laughs> i was definitely enjoying the libations a lot more um but honestly that would be the only place where i would really drink a whole lot um and you know i don't i don't work anymore um i don't work there anymore as of last december but um even like just in general, all the place, other places that I've worked at, I typically don't drink a whole lot when I'm working just because I'm so focused on working. Okay. You know, I want to make sure that my awareness is sharp, my thoughts are clear so that, you know, I can think five songs ahead if I need to, my timing to be on point. And it's just professional, you know, you don't want to be all super drunk and messing stuff up and you know it just it's not a good look from a business standpoint um but in general at navigating it it, it's kind of pretty easy you just tell people hey I don't drink anymore and this is actually a tip that I got from a friend of mine because at first I had those questions like man well how do I deal with this and how do I Mm -hmm. say it what do I do he was like because he had actually went um sober for two years uh he had told me like hey just tell people I don't drink anymore don't say I'm not drinking right now because when you say I'm not drinking right now it opens up the door to more dialogue about why you're not drinking which you don't really have to go into you don't want to but it's also oh well it sounds like there's an opportunity where I can peer pressure you into drinking if I just ask and ask and ask so when you say hey I don't drink anymore that completely shuts it all the way down and people are like oh okay." that's what's up and that's really only been the only reaction i've gotten maybe with the exception of like one or two people that will ask but other than that they're like wow for real and i'm like yeah and especially when you tell them like yeah bro i'm almost at 60 days they like 60 yeah. days and you're like yeah 60 days and so for people it's just like wow like that's what's up congratulations like man like you know i've been thinking about doing it and my." Like so it it is kind of easy to navigate now. Um and that's funny that you you bring that up because that was honestly, I'll even tell this story. Um it was one of the reasons why I stopped DJing in the strip club. Um like when I used to do that. Um, you know, when I came home from college here and like well, I had been home from college, but I was DJing here in the strip club in 2015. Okay, yeah, kind of the year we we met. To be honest, yeah, it was like 2015. So yeah, during that year, that summer, actually, I was DJing um at a spot hole in the wall on the west side. My God. Should not have been there. But the issue was is that I would work um during the day. Well, I, I would work day shift and night shift. But what happened is is that um in that lane, you typically only get people primarily there the last two to three hours. Okay. So from 1130 to like two o'clock is primarily when you get people at the strip club, at least in Detroit. Now other places that is a different scenario, but in Detroit, because everybody's a celebrity, they got to show up when they think a bunch of people are going to be in there to see me spend money. So with people being there for there's just those last three hours or two and a half, three hours, and the place is open at six, what are you doing for those other seven hours? Yeah. You're drinking. Exactly. <laughs> and so that is, I did that math all the way wrong. Well, it's like five, six hours. We get but, you <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's like, yeah, you would just drink. Literally. Just drink. That's it. And if you're working there so many days, you're doing that three or four days back to back to back getting like hammered and I found myself at a certain point I was like okay this is dangerous like I can't do this from a health standpoint like this is not good and I had to give that up so by being able to walk away from alcohol and DJing like that from a previous experience doing it this time was much easier actually because i didn't feel the need of oh i gotta be a part of the party and i gotta if i'm drinking that'll make other people drink and it's like no you know so and then also too i learned to be better as a dj without having to drink you know um that was something else um prior to my sobriety i had already started to try to maybe condition myself for it um because i'd be like hey let me see how i can get through gigs without drinking um because When you're drinking while spinning, it's you know, you your nerves in a sense get a little bit more calm, you relax, you you know, kind of just more somber, depending on the type of person you are. Let me also preferences with that. Some people turn into some like like gremlins, like once they get alcohol in them, they they completely change the wrong way. But for other people, you kind of get more chill, more somber, you relax, you can kind of get into your 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 thing. Um, but for me, I was just like I'm pretty sure I could probably DJ great without it. Because everybody thinks DJing is like half drinking, half skill. I was working to try and prove the point against that of just saying like, hey, I can do this just as well without liquor. So that was a personal challenge for me and, you know, led me into sobriety as well. That's what's up. So
0: I know like uh, not a lot of Black people um, and not a lot of Black men go to therapy. Um mm-hmm. So, how like how was that stepping stone from you? Is this something like you decided on your own, or like somebody kind of pushed you into it? Or, and again, like could you just explain? You know, the, it, are you comfortable with it? Did it
1: take a while for you to get comfortable with it? Um, no. I mean, I to be honest, I've always been had a therapist, and okay. I don't want to say it like that only because my parents, um, my mom, uh, you know, my dad. And my stepmom all are social workers so they could pick up on signs for me even as a child like knowing i maybe had some behavioral things i would need to work through and talk to and maybe traumas as a child that i maybe never wanted to talk about and things like that um so at a young age you know when i was like nine or ten um you know i had a therapist uh fast forward years upon years upon years later, um, I was, um, dating somebody and, you know, she was just like, Hey, I think you should really go to therapy. Um, you know, and I'm not gonna lie. It was a little bit, um, want uh, like a, a little bit a little bit yeah 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 it, it 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 was a little overwhelming at first um I'm not gonna lie uh just because you don't know what you have hidden within you um that may come about um and I think that's a, a large a large part of the fear for a lot of people is they suppress a lot of things that they don't want to bring back up. Um, because it's, it's it's hard to look ourselves in the mirror and and be honest about certain things. Um, it's hard to speak about certain traumas that you have to give life to. You know, um, some people just like ah, if I just don't think about it, I don't talk about it. It, it just it, it won't matter, and that's not true. It'll it'll be there. And what will happen is a lot of times these traumas come out when people have been drinking and it makes them explode and they turn into all these other people so trying to bring things full circle um you know somebody that I was dating they really pushed me um I did a couple of sessions really didn't take it serious um like I felt like hey if I just do two sessions and I just blurred everything out you know I get it all out because it seemed more like uh, and that's why I believe therapy didn't work for me you know when I first started um, is because I thought it was a space for me to just get everything out and, and just kind of just get all of this weight off of my shoulders i just been carrying around with me for years and years and years and talk about all these things that I'm frustrated about my life with and, it, you know, I'm stressed out. Just say all of that to that therapist, get them $40 or how much ever it is, and I go on about my day. Like, hey, this is just the space for me to unpack get a load off and go on about my day and keep moving. And as I've gotten older since that point and, you know, more mature, I realized that there's another side to that. And there's additional work um, to be done, even once you have gotten everything off your chest, uh, because to just talk about it is half the half the it. The other part of it is, is you doing the self-reflection to understand why, certain things happen or how you ended up in those situations how can you prevent them from happening how can you improve as a person to where you can deal with it a different in a better way the next time you encounter a situation like that um and i guess to make it from a personal standpoint to give an example um one of the things that i struggled with is um, deciphering between what is deemed selfish and what is considered me putting my wellness first um because i used to think that me my friendships we'll call it um and even my relationships that you know i've been in I would always put the other person first because I felt like that's what love is. That's how you show people you love them is that when you show them you're always there for them, you're always there to support them, you always got their back. If they ever need something, they can call you, you're dependable, you're reliable, you always got the answers, you're always that shoulder to cry on. Just being this safe space for other people I felt like is what love is. And what I struggle with is I didn't always get that back. And when I didn't get that back, I felt really bad. But I felt bad about me. Mm -hmm. I used to look inward like it's something I'm not doing. It's got to be me. Because, Because I think I make it so easy to love me and to support me and to be there for me. So why aren't people doing that? Not even realizing that it's not you bro. like sometimes it is other people or take it even step further what i've learned through therapy is that people aren't going to love you and or support you in the way that you maybe want to be loved and or supported sometimes you have to have the conversations with people to let them know hey this is what i want or this is what i need from you in terms of our connection um And so to kind of go back to my point is that I would think that it was something wrong with me. And eventually. I wouldn't say anything. I would never voice my opinion because I would think that, oh, well, maybe I'm coming off as nagging or I don't want to draw the friendship or I don't want to draw them away from me and make it seem like I'm just always complaining about X, Y and Z. Now, having gone through therapy, I realize it's not necessarily complaining, but you do have a right to voice your emotions you have a right to explain to people who you love and who you believe love you what you are feeling because if you just allow things to continue on it'll just get worse and worse and worse um
0: i think you won't find
1: it and you won't get a solution
0: and i think as a woman um kind of like what you said um because that was kind of another reason why i was like okay let me let me seek some professional help like let me get a professional mm-hmm. opinion because um you know i feel like we use our friends or our families or you know like other people when a situation happens to get their opinion on it but like hey x y and z happened i did this they did this was i wrong and i feel like naturally when you ask somebody that's close to you they're going to naturally agree with you hey you right. know like, oh, you wasn't wrong they shouldn't have did that they shouldn't have made you feel that way um and I feel like as a woman, you sometimes get that that label that, like you said, you're nagging. When I'm trying to express to you how I'm feeling or what you did that made me feel a way, now I'm nagging, I'm nagging, I'm nagging, I'm nagging. Um, and you know, as a woman, you don't ever want to be that woman that's, that nags all the time. You don't want to nag somebody all the time. You're right? It, it kind of converted me to just be quiet, me to be quiet. Mm-hmm. And then, like you said, n- then I'm quiet and all this stuff is building up, building up, building up. Yeah. And, then I hit my breaking point, and now mm-hmm. I'm, I'm yelling, I'm cussing, I'm doing all this stuff that is literally out of my character. But mm-hmm. so much, so many things build up that you push I'm me frustrated. to that. Point. I'm frustrated yeah. now at this point, and I want to be heard because I didn't let so much stuff slide. Um, but a good point that she made today was like sometimes uh, you don't you don't have to have a problem to go to therapy, and that's no. kind of how I always looked at it. Yeah. Like, well. I don't really feel like I'm depressed or I don't think I have anxiety. So what am I going to therapy for? And she was like, um, you know, sometimes people think that you have to go to therapy when a problem arises, or like you said, if you're suffering from something, and no therapy can be a maintenance. Therapy Therapy can be something Mm -hmm. to help you work on your communication skills. Um, Or therapy can just be, like you said, another form of journaling or checking in with somebody that that's going to give you an unbiased opinion about what you have going on and what you're doing.
1: And my therapist, and I'm pretty sure yours does too your therapist will hold you accountable your <laughs> therapist will call you out like nah like i hear you like and i'm gonna I'm a give you this space and this time to talk and get your shit off but yo you was on some bullshit like nah you you was tripping you knew you shouldn't have been moving like x y and z so that that's the other part of, of the dope part of having a therapist
0: Yes, because of course, sometimes you don't always want to do that to your friend, like, or sometimes it's hard to tell somebody like, no, like, bro, you was wrong. Like, you're tripping, you're going about it the wrong way. Like, Mm -hmm. you need to fix that situation because then you don't want that backlash to come back on you. So you kind of like, I know, at least in some of the situations I've been in, I'll be like, you know what, like, just keep me out of it. Um, I don't have any opinion about what happened. (laughs) Like, so I don't know who was right. I don't know who was wrong. Like, y'all got to figure that out amongst yourselves. Um, so I guess another question I would have for you is for anybody that's like seeking or seeking therapy or think they need therapy, what would be like, um, some advice that you would give them to find a therapist or how to go about it?
1: Um, so, I mean, there's plenty of different resources, um, and that's kind of the dope part about technology now is that you don't have to go and, you know, sit on the, you know, the couch. <laughs> Yeah, the couch, you know, you can legit have it in the palm of your hand. And like for me and my therapist, um, you know, we meet virtually. Um, You can do a Google, um, you know, you can go through your primary care doctor. Um, They have, you know, somebody they can refer you to Um, depending on, you know, your insurance. They probably have a network and you can kind of search and filter it by, you know, gender, by race, of course. You know, for me, my preference, black woman, because you know, I be need to know sometimes when I'm dealing with women. Hey, yes. let me know. And she keep, and she keep it real. She be really real. <laughs> she really real. So I, I be like cool and I'm like, she's older too. So I was like, all right, cool. Like I'm getting the real from her. Um, but yeah, no, definitely, it's it's just the easiest Google, you know, search away. Um, there's a lot of different platforms. Uh you know that you can do it virtually um they're 24 hours yeah, they do like it. it's so many different platforms um i would just say just kind of do just your research but like don't think you have to rush into it don't think that you got to have you know like if you're thinking of getting a therapist like you got to get it tomorrow you got to start tomorrow um maybe also once even once you have a therapist and prior to your first session, maybe write out some of the things that you want to talk about, um, because the time will fly very quickly, um, like very, very fast. And I, and depending on the therapist, they usually use the first session just to kind of learn about you. They, they really don't want you to kind of go into things your first session um, because they need to kind of figure out, OK, what type of person am I dealing with? How do I approach them in terms of even just our dynamic in meetings, you know, when we meet, you know, sometimes a therapist maybe has to figure out when to interject, how to drive the conversation, Um, you know, is he or she going to just pretty much be quiet the whole time and just let you get everything out while they take notes, do you know, are there certain topics that are off limits that you know, they can question about. So, um, I would say just try to go in with a plan, um, you know, things that you want to talk about, um, things that you think you may need help with, um, but also write down some goals. Um, cause that's also is going to be something your therapist will ask you. They'll say, Hey, what are you looking to accomplish in therapy? Um, for me, my goal was finding coping mechanisms, um, dealing with unresolved trauma and making sure that I, um, I didn't need severe things. Right. Um, and when I say severe, I mean where you have to see someone like every day. Yeah. Um, because there are people who go to therapy every day, um, because it's like, man, just getting to tomorrow it's hard. is such a feat for certain people um, where they have to have that therapy every day, where it's like, hey, I got to call my therapist at 11 at night because I'm having night tremors and I can't sleep and I'm thinking about suicide and things like that. Like, There's so many different scenarios of of people needing um intensive care from a, a therapist standpoint. Um, And I just wanted to make sure that I wasn't heading down a pathway to where I had to take those. As I said, I didn't want to get on medication, but I also wanted to make sure that, hey, where am I trending? And aside from medication, are there some other steps that I can take in terms of health and wellness?
0: And like you said, I think that um, my thing, so I have been like trying to start therapy for like a year now. Mm -hmm. um and don't get me wrong like i had i've done a couple therapy sessions with people um and like you said like the first one is kind of like them getting to know me and then like i probably got to the second one so i just Mm -hmm. tell people like don't be afraid to like the x on a therapist like you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) like don't be do not be afraid to be like, yeah, this not this this connection is not here. Oh yeah. You
1: like, yes, you choose the therapist. The therapist is supposed to be there for you. Like you don't don't feel obligated like, oh my gosh, I don't want to tell this therapist like I don't like them or I don't think this works. Like I I before I got to the therapist I have now, I think I maybe have went through like four or five of them.
0: Yeah. Um
1: and like you and you almost and fr- you almost can know like immediately, oh no, this isn't going to work. Like the second therapist I ever had, she was just like. Because um, one of the things I said was I, it was how I view myself as a as a black as a man, particularly as a black man in the world. And a lot of times where, you know, you see on social media, like, you know, you always hear oh, men ain't this and men, black men ain't this and that. And I would, you know on some level, I know if it don't apply, let it fly. But I I would be thinking like, dang, what if they, you know, is somebody thinking that about me and they don't even know me? Like, you know, or how do I have conversations with women, you know, just about certain topics without offending, and, you know, or feminist or things like that. And her reaction was kind of like, gave me some key indicators like that she was, you know, a, a Devout feminists and very radical about it and i was just like oh, we're not gonna get the law <laughs> yeah i don't know if this gonna work because i don't want to say nothing in this meet you know in us meeting and you take it as like well what you need to do it and i'll yeah. be like oh no nah. okay yep nah, this not gonna work this ain't it no nah. well i see y'all you can build build the insurance we'll take care of the copay later i i yeah, see you later for me um, yeah, I- I literally waited for this lady I had my
0: therapy session with today. She, my first therapy session with her was probably about three months ago. And she was like, hey, I'm just going to be upfront and honest. Like, I'm pregnant. I'm going on maternity leave in like two weeks. She was like, so I completely understand. If you want to so, like, switch. If you want to switch. She was like, because if it was me, I'd be like, yeah, boo, sorry. Like, gotta go. And I was like, no, like, you know what I'm saying? Because like you said, I, it was kind of like an instant, like, no, like, I feel comfortable with you and I we had been on the phone for five minutes, like, and I was like, no, like, you know what, I haven't met anybody that I feel this comfortable with so quickly, so I'm gonna wait, like, I'm just gonna wait, I'm gonna wait, because like you said, I've been through a couple people, and like you said, you get in there, like, one lady, she was preaching to me, and I, don't get me wrong, do not get me wrong, I, you know, I love Jesus Christ, oh, she took it there, oh, I have a relationship with God, but It was just like I, you know, I didn't come here to go to church. Like I could have read my Bible for this, ma'am. So it was just like you know I had to give her the X. And it was like another lady; she was just way too aggressive with me. And it's like she was giving like angry grandma vibes. (laughs) I'm just Mm -hmm. like like no, like so I
1: yeah.
0: I told her like no, I'm just gonna wait. Like I'm gonna wait for you.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. My therapist. Now I will say this: she did send me um some stuff from the church, but here's the thing though, it wasn't necessarily like, read this scripture type of thing. What she sent me was some self-care videos. Um, There were some T.D. Jakes sermons Um, (laughs) and they were fire. And I was just like, it wasn't what I expected. you know. Cause soon as I saw it, I'm like T.D. Jakes, like what? (laughs) But when I sat down and watched it, I was just like, this makes sense. this is it this is good
0: like no I would be totally receptive to that it was more so along the lines of like I'm telling her my issues about a relationship and she was like well did you say you wasn't married like you're not supposed to be fornicating in the first place like
1: oh man come
0: on bro like man we are in 2023 what are you talking about
1: be honest
0: yeah no no I am down for the because like you say some of that sometimes those things resonate with you Mm-hmm. Sometimes you can sit down and you can listen to um a preacher preach, and it resonates with you because I like to tell people I'm not gonna say the Bible is only, but what I got mostly from when I do read the Bible is these are like scenarios it gives you mm-hmm. a scenario it gives you how the person handled the scenario and it gives you the outcome so it just it's ways for you to navigate problems and issues it's just like a whole bunch of different issues and problems in the Bible and how people navigate it through them um and I think that, like I said, I have a lot of people in my family that are very religious. Um, and I think that sometimes when people are extremely religious, they don't think you need therapy because you got mm-hmm. God. Yeah, you yeah
1: got Just, God. just you pray know? on it. Just pray you
0: just on know it. it. Just pray on it. Um I don't always, you know what I'm saying? Like not saying that it doesn't work because prayer does work, but I don't think that you know, God put therapists on this earth for a reason, right? This wasn't something that somebody, you know what I'm saying? So if if it's a if it's a tool on this earth for you to use for you to help your mind and it's not like in a sinful way, I don't understand why people have this like negative connotation around therapy
1: so much. Because it's it's is as I said, it it's it's a time where you hold the mirror up to yourself. Mm-hmm. It's where you have to look inward and you look at things. And you get answers to things that you questioned for so long but never understood. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately, a lot of those things are bad things for people. And, and, and particularly in the case of women, sometimes it can be assault, rape. It can be just overall abuse. It can be um, lack of love. Um, and again, this works with men as well, but... It's just, those are a lot of things that they don't want to delve into. And it's unfortunate because you can benefit from unpacking it and, and it helps you become a better person. Um, is it tough to deal with in the moment? Absolutely. It's, it's, I, I, and I want to make sure I'm very clear about this. Therapy is not easy it's it's not easy. Um, even for people that go to it consistently and have developed the better coping mechanisms and have all the tools and the guidance and how to improve and walk. Everybody's working on themselves each day to be better. So never think that, well, I got this problem done you know I'm all good I don't I don't need it anymore or you know hey this is this is just too much like it's supposed to be a lot but it's going to help you in the long run and and if anything because I did want to bring this up um I've been encouraging my DJ friends um to get therapy uh, because that was also one of the main key things why I also dealt with my anxiety and depression was because of DJing. Um, because there was a lot of lack of self-love and self-worth where I attributed my care for myself and I think the love of other people based upon how successful I was. How many gigs, you know, how how busy am I, you know, am I? How many good, ge- you know, am I booked? Am I here? Am I there? Um, you know, did I get to be on this concert festival series? Do I get to travel or do I have the latest equipment? You know, what? I kept holding myself to a standard that this is how I measure my worth. And when I wasn't booked, when I don't have the gigs, I felt low. I felt Awful. I felt like I didn't matter. I felt like people forgot about me or I'm not important. And while that could be true on some ways, depending on the person, that's not how I should view myself. I should view myself as being great, no matter what. I should have a uh, appreciation for my talent. um and not just for me as a dj, but me for me as a person, because that was the other thing that i I wanted to gain from therapy is knowing how to separate. The business part of my life and the personal part of my life. How to separate the business relationships from the personal relationships. Understanding who it, you know, how do I compartmentalize how I deal with this person and how I deal with this person? How do I um engage in these social settings and not take things personal? Like that's probably one of the best things that I've learned is how to not take everything personal now. I leave people. Where they are. I meet them where they are. If you gonna say you're gonna hit me up and connect with me, cool. I'll connect with you when you connect with me. You know, do I go out of my way? Do I hold it like, oh man, you said you was gonna call me. I just can't believe you. Um, there was actually somebody literally the day I had that engagement with where it was just like, I appreciate you as a friend. But I don't know if we can continue our friendship like this because it can't just be where you come into my life and you just dump on me and you unload on me. Mm -hmm. And when I try to follow up with you as a concerned friend, you don't respond Yeah, for days and days and days and days upon end. Um, and so now I look like I'm the obsessed one because it's like I'm calling and texting and checking in I'm and you don't respond. Yeah. And now I feel bad as a person. Like I used to would feel bad as a person. Like, man, like, is it something I did? Did I do something wrong? Whereas now it's just like, okay, I'm going to leave you be. You yeah. clearly need some time. You need to, you got something going on. So I'm going to just go on and continue with what I doing. what I got I to do. We holla. it. We'll connect. If we don't, it is what it is, and that gives me more peace of mind to live my life. Yeah. And as far as um, and then just to kind of tie the bow on the DJ part too, is that from a DJ standpoint, always remember you're great and love yourself. The gigs will be there. They will come. They will go. You'll have highs. You'll have lows. But one thing is, is you will always have to be there for you and love you so I always recommend my DJ homies get therapy don't hinge your whole existence on how booked you are because everybody got a season yeah. all the time
0: I think another thing that I hear a lot about people um and their like resistance to go to therapy is like they don't want to tell somebody all their business and it was so funny to me <laughs> because again I'm like well do you do know like there's patient confidentiality like and all these other things that are tied to going to therapy yeah and literally this lady told me today she was like hey i keep my notes very vague in case you ever get his to court she was like they'll never be able to like decipher my notes and like tie you to something she was like so say like you got into it with your friend and in the session you went in and you was telling me what happened she was like so yeah. just imagine i wrote down like yeah she wanted to she stated she wanted to kill her friend and she was like and that gets a peanut, yeah. She was like, you know, I would never do that. She was like, because again, I want to keep I want to keep this a comfortable environment for you to be able to share and you not be scared about what's going to happen about you sharing. And I was like, if therapists are going to that length to keep you protected from the court system, you yeah. you know, you shouldn't have any fear about telling them anything and wondering if X, Y, and Z is gonna find out about it. Because clearly, you know, they're not.
1: Yeah, so- I mean, but those, but that's. That's kind of why people need therapy actually. That's that's particularly why people need therapy is because they don't have those safe spaces for them to be able to effectively express themselves. They don't have anyone where they can just go and just really say what's on their mind, really express, really just let loose because there's always this fear of someone could find out. It's gonna get back to somebody, it's gonna, you know, come out the wrong way it's going to get interpreted wrong and somebody's not going to be able to really get what i was trying to say and now i'm going to get judged And now i'm going to lose somebody when in reality they might have just had some things that were really pent up they didn't know how to fully communicate it the best way and now they're stuck so but yeah i, I love the fact that i can share things with my therapist like she'll she's also had the same couple with me like hey like just letting you know, we ain't gotta worry about that. Here.
0: Yeah, we ain't gotta worry yeah. about that here. Um, so just to kind of close it out, is there any advice you would give anybody that's trying to become a DJ? Um, and they feel like they're like having a hard time entering into like the DJing space?
1: Um I can answer that one or <laughs> <in> two ways. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so if you wanna DJ, by all means become a dj let me make sure i say that again if you want to become a dj become a dj but don't become a dj because you have other things you're trying to do and you're trying to use djing as the pathway to get to something else because that's primarily what's happening is is that you have models and rappers and influencers uh djing because they can make a playlist on apple music or spotify or title and djing is so much more than making a playlist um because the one thing you can't factor in with a playlist is actual people
0: yeah
1: you're making the playlist cater to what you like not what a mass group of people like like Keeping a room of two hundred plus people entertained and happy, all on one accord for four hours at a time, is very difficult. Yes, I can imagine. It's Very difficult. <laughs> very difficult. Especially um, with the attention span people have now, like like adding out al- and adding alcohol. Yeah, and it's man. Nevertheless, I would still say. Become a DJ. Um, But just have the right goals for it. Take it seriously. Um, Don't say, I just want to, because that's how they start everything. Is, oh, well, you know, I don't really want to do it for real. I just want to, you know, I just want to be able to do it at the crib. And you give people the resources and the tools to do that. And then suddenly a month later, they're taking gigs. They have booking emails. And it's like, well, wait a minute. Did you really do your research? Like like what we say in DJ, and honestly, in a lot of other areas too, is we say you have to put in your 10,000 hours um, of work. And that and that 10,000 hours consist of you either practicing, researching, you know, learning about the craft, building up your music library, um, shadowing another, you know, um um what's the word i'm thinking about uh established there we go uh, an, an established dj you know so that you learn some real life situations you know maybe you open up for another dj you know just maybe like get a 30 minute set in you know just to kind of get you know your feet wet you know figure out how to move around um you know, really get the dynamics of the overall life and the culture understood first before you want to hop in and start doing full-out gigs on your own. Um, because what unfortunately has happened is, is that the ease of technology and internet to do DJing has made the appreciation of it uh diminished, you know, especially with TikToks and stuff now where people are doing these mashups, Right. Um, and it's not even, like, it's DJing, like, true DJing. It's just, like, people are taking, like, softwares and making them, you know. And that's cool, but it's going to die out eventually. Just, like, everything else is a trend. Um, and you have people who get into DJing as a trend, and they only do it for maybe three years, if that. And then it's just, like, all right, I'm done with this. You know, I don't want to spend the money that it costs to buy a, a a computer that I really need to hold the music to buy cables you know power cords to buy speakers to buy stands to buy backup power cables backup stands buying lights buying um you know better USB cables better power cords longer power cords um as far as like for real macbook charger uh, buying um what I have is called a, a freight protector um. And I wonder if I, oh yeah, so I can show you um, my MacBook from, this is actually the first MacBook charger I ever had <laughs> from the first MacBook I got in 2011. I still have this one. As you can see, it's very dingy. Yes. Um, but I have this thing on it. It's called a fray protector, which has kept the cord from breaking and frizzling up and getting damaged and burned and stuff. And this is the same charger from 2011. Need one of those for my
0: regular life.
1: Look. Yeah. i will seen you the link, but I got you. But just like buying those types of items and investing really in your overall skill set is what honestly makes the journey fun to accumulate all of it. Like, yeah, it costs a lot. But if you are practicing your skill, you're getting better, you're doing good business, the things will come. Um, and unfortunately, because it's so easy to do, people just want to get to the end quick. It's like, ah, oh, man, I don't want to do all of that. I ain't trying to do all that. Man, how can I get to the bag? How can I start, you know, getting, you know, the money? How can I do what they did? And it's like, well, it takes time, you know. And unfortunately, people don't want to do the time. So if you do want to do DJ, just do your research. There's plenty of videos on YouTube. I mean, I wish we had these yeah. resources when I was coming up. Like, all we had were vid- the DVDs, which I do still have, the DJ Cuber DVDs where scratch. we could learn how to scratch, Um, There were a couple of videos on YouTube from DJ Angelo out in London. Um, But outside of that, we didn't really have nothing. You just had to practice. You just had to legit practice. Um, But yeah, watching the YouTube videos nowadays can be considered practice if you kind of watch them and do it alongside. So that's what I was saying.
0: I know, so I know I said I was gonna close it out with that but one more one more question because oh, no, I cool. like to speak I like to speak things into existence and we're gonna manifest this for you so what is an event that you want to yeah. that you haven't done yet that you would like you would love to DJ oh
1: man I would love it's a couple
0: okay we can name a couple if you want
1: all right. So one I would love you want me to do locally or nationally? Anywhere. Anywhere. Oh uh, all right. Um, I would love nationally to do R and B and Ribs out in San Francisco. That's such a vibe. I'll shoot you the link on that so you can peep it. It's it's I've not oh, seen God. a bad I've not seen a bad DJ there and people not having fun. Okay. Like it's a day party where it's people listen to r&b and ribs and it's 20 bucks they don't do the whole ah it's a hundred dollars it's 50 at the door like it's none of that it's a it's a vibe so i would definitely want to do r&b and ribs um i would love to do uh r&b only
0: okay Um,
1: oh yeah my boy ray he got to do it a couple years ago. DJ Ray, he got to do it some years ago when they came. I would love to do R&B only. Um, Grits and Biscuits, if they ever... I don't know if they're still going, but I would love Grits and that Biscuits. That was
0: years ago. That was a good one, too. That was a good idea. Yeah.
1: yeah. I love Grits and Biscuits. Um, uh, Locally, um, would love to do Tucks and Chucks. Um, that'd be great. Um, I don't know if it still happens but bravo bravo okay um and the friday night auto show um fundraiser after party the when they do the black you know everybody goes to you know cope well i forget what it's called not huntington
0: expo honey center or whatever, whatever
1: right? yeah honey yeah uh oh, 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 look. if i could yeah Chobo. when they <laughs> do the charity uh dinner i would love if they do an after party for that like i would love to be on that that'd be a vibe
0: okay so you have to tell everybody your social medias again so that when they book you for these events they got the information
1: oh for sure <laughs> um yeah i i am kid on all socials twitter instagram um you know youtube tiktok um
0: we're gonna, get his TikTok
1: together. we're gonna get his tiktok together yeah we, we yeah I, I need to really because i did one and it was like dope but i was just like oh, that took a lot of work but yeah. I'm, I'm gonna figure it out um <laughs> but yeah those uh those, those that's where you can hit me on the socials always i am kid make fly
0: okay well thank you so much for joining us it was a very very informative uh you know conversation and i think i hope for that sure. hope that everybody takes from this if you don't take nothing else
1: that going to therapy is okay Doing the therapy is very much okay. Don't let nobody tell you otherwise. And if they trying to tell you otherwise, that's because they scared. And if they scared, you should bring them to your therapist too. There you go. Um, Recommend them. <laughs> facts. Oh, I did want to say, Um, yeah. I got a party coming up. Um, It's going to be free. Y'all can come through. It's a day party function. It's going to be Saturday, September the 9th. September the 9th. <laughs> yep. Okay. So Saturday. Saturday September 9th. Where is it? Uh it's called a spot. The house that Jack built is on the west side. It's near 96 in Livernois. It's cool. It's like in the cut. Don't worry. It's a good vibe. Um, it's got outdoor patio. It's a it's it's yeah. It's gonna be a nice function.
0: Y'all don't want to miss it because we're gonna commit to making a TikTok that day.
1: I will definitely make a TikTok that day. I'm we're gonna commit def- to that. Me, hold me accountable.
0: We're gonna commit. <laughs> Okay. Well, thank you guys for listening. As always, make sure you guys are checking in with us every Tuesday. This is the Black Girl Soft Life Podcast. You can follow us everywhere. We got threads. We got Twitter. We got TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, Black Girl Soft Life Podcast, BLK. Thank you guys.